welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. I'm glad that you've taken time out of your day to download this podcast or listen to it in your favorite app. We know there are many others out there who are putting out podcasts as well, but you've chosen us, and we are thankful. To find out more information about us, if you're new to us, you can go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, and there you can find out more information about us. You can find links to our social media accounts. You can get your name put on a prayer list uh, through our contact page there as well. And we thank those who have sent financial help, uh, no matter how big or small. It all helps offset the cost of getting this podcast out on the air and around the world, as we do have a worldwide audience. So today I want to talk about the Battle of Gideon. This is kind of a a famous uh, story of the Old Testament for many people. And I want to start off by reading a scripture reading, actually out of Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 11. It says, Put on the full armor of God, so that you may take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you will be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, Take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Verse 17. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. You know, every day in the sports world, games are being played out all over the world. Different kinds of sports. uh, Different countries have their favorite sport. But where no one knows the outcome of the game that's being played. I mean, the score is 0-0, zero, zero, the, the game is just beginning, the, the alarm or the whistle or the bell uh, starts it off, and each day someone is trying to place a bet in the winner of that game. We have a few listeners actually in Las Vegas, probably one of the biggest places in the country uh, to go place bets, and everyone is looking Uh, to be on the winning team, or they want to have that winning bet. And that winner, it doesn't matter, any given game or match. American football, to me, is an interesting game. It's really like a big chess game. If one team runs a certain play, then uh, the defense will try to make moves to counter uh, the attack and, and hold off the offense. We're in a unique situation. We're all in a struggle in our spiritual warfare and engagement, which really the outcome has already been decided. Jesus, his side, has already won. If this was uh, the match that was being on televised, the odds are they would switch to another game to keep the viewers happy. Jesus called checkmate the very moment he came out of the tomb, leaving death's grip behind. Satan refuses to concede to defeat, however. He's already lost the game, and the clock is just about to wind down to zero. 
a chess game. Uh, four moves out, and no matter what uh, the last-minute moves that Satan might do, it's really all in a losing cause. You see, because Jesus has defeated the only thing left which he had power uh, with, and that's the grave. The winning team still has to counter the final moves of the war, however. Uh, the evil one has not conceded, and he's really a very poor loser, and he makes desperate moves to see if he can get players from the other team to fall and get hurt. Again, like I said earlier, we're going to look at the story of Gideon, and it's in the book of Judges in chapter 7 in today's podcast. And if you have a Bible, I would encourage you to open it and follow along. That's where the majority of the lesson will, will come out of, will be Judges chapter 7. A little background here. Uh, Israel has done evil in the eyes of the Lord. And for seven years, he, he gave them over to the Mennonites. When Israel finally cries out to God, an angel will appear to Gideon. The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. A mighty warrior, some versions might say. Uh, just like he, uh, he was with David against Goliath. Uh, however, not everyone is going to fight in this battle. So we're going to look at Judges chapter 7, starting in verse 1, and we're going to read the first nine verses uh, to start off with. And then Gideon and all the people who were with him rose early, and camped beside the spring of Herod. And the camp of the Midian was on the north side of them, by a hill in the valley. The Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many for me to give Midian into their hands. For Israel will become boastful, saying, My own power has delivered me. Now therefore come, proclaiming the hearing of the people, saying, Whoever is afraid and trembling, I let him depart from the Mount of Gilead. So 22,000 people returned, but 10,000 remained. Verse 4, Then the Lord said to Gideon, The people are still too many. Bring them down to the water, and I will test them for you there. Therefore it shall be that he whom I say to you, that one shall go, but he shall go with you, but everyone whom I say to you, this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So he brought the people down to the water. And the Lord said to Gideon, You shall separate everyone who laps the water with his tongue like a dog laps, as well as everyone who kneels to drink. Verse 6. Now the number of those who lapped, uh, putting their hand to their mouth, was three hundred men. But the rest of them kneeled to drink water. Then the Lord said to Gideon, I will deliver you with the three hundred men who lapped, and will give the Midianites to into your hands. So let the other people go, each man to his home. So three hundred men took the people's provisions, their trumpets in their hands, and then Gideon set out with the other men of Israel, each to his tent but retained the three hundred men, and the camp of Midian was below in the valley. Now that same night it came about the Lord said to him, Arise and go down against the camp, for I have given it into your hands. 
Gideon here, he starts off with 32,000 men, which would be a nice little army uh, in this day and time, even today. It's not a bad standing army. And 22,000 men were afraid, and that left 10,000. Why did God send them home? Well, perhaps it was because of their lack of faith, their lack of belief and trust in God. But yet Gideon, I was told by God, 10,000 men is way too many still. Of all these men who were who left that wanted to go in the battle. But really none of them seemed to be prepared. So let them guard down, you know, in some other way you're going to. They're going to put their weapons down. God's got to find out who's really has a warrior mentality or a fighter mentality. And are they going to put their guard down uh, when they go get this water? And some others might even put down their weapons. So out of the 10,000, God tells Gideon to send 9,700 9, of them home. Then he said, oh, there you go, Gideon. Now you have enough. To defeat the enemy. Now keep in mind here, if you, as you study this and go and research it, you're going to see this is 450 to 1 odds that are not in your favor. Now the, those who uh, listen in Vegas probably already know what all that means, but now there, there has to be a total dependency on God, and that's really the point here. Those who were, ha, were left, they had faith in God. And they were prepared. And sometimes we still need encouragement. Uh, just as we're going to find out that Gideon needed. And here in verse 9. Now the same night he came down to the Lord and said to him, Arise and go against the camp, for I had given it to your hands. And now verse 10. But if you are afraid to go down, go with Purah, your servant, and go down to the camp. And you will hear what they say. And afterward, your hand will be strengthened that you may go down against the camp. So he went with his servant down to the outpost of the army that was in the camp. So Gideon knew what God had told him to do. He went from 32,000 men all the way down to 300. And you would think that when you're going to, into this battle, having an army, a big army, would be in your favor. Uh, this was the plan of Normandy, was uh, to overwhelm the, the Germans by pure numbers. But God takes these foolish things to confuse the wise. He will take something that, that looks impossible, and he will make it possible. When God calls us to do something that seems impossible, he will encourage you and me. God knows that we're human. He created us, and but he also knows that we're prone to fear and prone uh, to, to fight the flesh. Read with me if, you, if you're following along in Hosea chapter 10, uh, verse 12. So in yourselves, in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your unplowed ground. For it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and reign righteous upon you. You see, really, the victory had already been won. This chess game that Gideon's in has been unfolding, and the evil one knows that his time is running out. His time will 
continue. He'll move his pawns and, and he'll try to do different things. But however, in the end, God's not going to slip up. He's already called checkmate. And there is no doubt in my mind or in my heart today that God has already won the battle for all of us who are in his army. The question is, will you be full of fear like the 22,000? Will you be unprepared like the 9,700? Or will you be like one of the few in the brave and who will stand up for the Lord? You who are in the field uh, fighting, uh, hold on and keep fighting the battle because it's already been won. God simply just has not blown his final trumpet. You know, I've watched a few Super Bowls uh, over the years. And most of that time to me, they're, they're really blowouts. They're not always uh, that good of a game when it's supposed to be this uh, two best teams in the NFL. Even so, both teams, uh, they're still playing. And they're not going to stop playing until the clock runs out to zero. It's in the same way in every professional sporting event. Both teams play until the clock says, game over. Even if the scoreboard is displaying two minutes left in the game, the team who is down uh, by a score will fight with all they have to try to steal the game and take the trophy home. You and I, we really need to be on full alert. And we do not have to play a, a prevent defense. And that's a term that we use in, in the NFL. Uh, I see a lot of games where the team was winning by a big score goes into this prevent defense too early. And then I've watched them lose the game. Because if we play this way, uh, we could end up losing our souls. Just because Jesus is called checkmate does not excuse you or me from being prepared to fight to the very end. Because the evil one is a sore loser and the evil one, he, he's not going to go down without a fight. In Daniel chapter 3, God has already won the battle for three Hebrew boys when they're tossed into a, a fiery furnace. The heat was turned up seven times harder than normal, but the fire burned. The mighty men were, that threw them into this fire never burned a single Hebrew boy. Their clothing did not even smell like smoke, and on their clothing there wasn't even a singe. Paul and his friends in, in the book of Acts find themselves in a very tight spot in Acts chapter 16. However, God has everything in complete control. Read along with me if you have your Bible. In Acts chapter 16, starting in verse 22. The crowd rose up together against them, and the chief magistrate tore their robes off of them and proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods. When they had struck them with many blows, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. And he, having received such a command, threw them into the prison and fastened their feet in stocks. Verse 25. But about midnight, Paul and Silas, they were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. 
and suddenly there came a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison house were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were unfastened. Paul and Silas, uh, when they when they take their meeting, they're thrown into jail. Now, this is no modern-day jail with air conditioning and cable television. This was a jail that was very unsanitary. Many diseases, mice and rats were in there. In fact, if you go and look and you Google it, you'll find that most of these jail cells were not tall enough for a man to stand up all the way. So it would inflict pain on your back. They're being thrown in here, Paul and Silas, they're being thrown into jail because they have cast out a familiar evil spirit in the city in which they were preaching the gospel. And that that lady who was had that evil spirit was making a lot of money for other people. And the people who owned her uh, couldn't make money with her anymore. And they got mad and filed charges against Paul and Silas. But whose team were they on? Well, the answer really is pretty clear. They're on Team Jesus. However, when the enemy thought uh, they had won their game, the scripture says, the Bible says, Paul and Silas praying, singing songs, praising God, and God who's really in control of all the weather over the entire planet, causes an earthquake. And that earthquake will shake the jail at midnight, as we just read. Their chains are unfastened. They become free. They're able to get up and stand up and walk out of the jail cell. But remember, Gideon, he was preparing for a battle for God, that God has already promised victory. Gideon and all his men had to stand there and finish the battle. They couldn't all go home. Again, you and I are in a battle. Perhaps the battle that you are fighting is not one for the home team. I don't know that answer. Only you do. If you're not on Christ's side, if you're not following the rider on the white horse in his army, then you're not on Christ's side. I would encourage you if if you're not, you need to rethink your situation and figure out what team you really want to be on. Maybe you're battling sin in your life and you're really struggling with that. Right now, God can do the same thing for you as he's done for all his faithful followers. He can strike the enemy with a blow that's in your life. He can remove that enemy. Whatever the battle that, that you have found yourself in, I don't know what it could be. It could be immoral relationships. It could be being a drunkard, doing drugs, robbing and stealing from people, cheating on your spouse, using foul language, gossiping. Maybe you're you're in a battle and you're trying to figure out if the Bible is really actually the Word of God and you don't even trust God. Really, the list of battles could go on and on and and again, I, I don't know your battle. However, I do know this. You do. And as long as you're willing to battle it on your own, the evil one will make his moves until the clock runs out, and then it will be too late. It will be game over. Where will you be? What sideline are you going to be standing on? 
the one that has victory or the one in defeat. He seeks our very best each and every day. Christ does. And he wants us to be our very best each and every day. Let me encourage you today that God has promised all of us. He's on our side. We have to be obedient to his commands. We have to confess him as, as the king of our life, as the savior of our life, that good shepherd. We must be understand that there is forgiveness of sins, and that's through the blood of Christ and the cleansing of Christ's blood. Jesus has the only one that really has the power to look at the evil one and say, checkmate as you walk faithful in your life. Maybe one time or another you were on the right team and you decided, I don't want to be on anybody's team, I want to be on my own. Or maybe you're just simply sitting on the bench. I say to you, get up and get back into the light of Christ and start playing and being that soldier for the Lord's army. If you're not in a faithful congregation, I would encourage you to find one. And I know we have listeners in certain parts of the world. Uh, that could be very risky. And I just pray and hope that God will help you and that you really could find a group of true Christians in your area. For us in the Western world, we have the freedom to go to worship and church at this moment in time. I would encourage you to find a congregation that's teaching the complete Word of God, the complete truth of God. And they're not twisting scriptures to benefit what they think or what they believe, but they only preach what God says. And that's really the end of the story, what God says. You and I will not be judged on what I say in this podcast. I will be, but you will not. You and I will be judged by our own actions, our words, and the things that we did, and maybe some of the things that we did not do. I would encourage you, to find a congregation of God-fearing, God-loving people who want the church to grow. And in America, the church is really, I think, in trouble. We're ignoring a lot of things that are going on around us, and we're not careful we could lose our freedom to assemble on Sunday morning or any other time that we desire to worship God together. There is a battle, and we all need to pick up the armor of God, and use it each and every day. Again, thank you for listening to the podcast. If you have any questions, uh, please submit them through our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, and there is a contact page if you have prayer requests, and we've actually had uh, one come in, and we've already posted it on the webpage. I would encourage you to go there and pray for that person, as they really sincerely want prayers uh, from other brothers and sisters in Christ around the world. Each week we try to publish this podcast. We try to have it out uh, Saturday evening uh, around between 6 and 8 p.m. Uh, Chicago time. And I would encourage you to say, like us. And we appreciate the likes that we have gotten. Uh, subscribe or whatever it is. Get an alert so that you know when we've uploaded uh, the weekly podcast. We thank you so much again. And may God have the glory. And may God bless you. Amen.